Today is our 27th anniversary as a church. Uh, it's a big deal because we've been around in some way or shape or form as Mountain View Church for 27 years. We got a verse. It's up on the screen. Let's read this together all out loud at the same time. Ready, set, go. So let's not get tired of doing what's good. At just the right time, we will reap a harvest of blessing if we don't give up. So there are three things in that that I want to take apart as we go forward today and as we get ready for some tri-tip. And the first one of those, the first thing in there... Uh, is that our job is to do what's good by sharing the good news. Our job is to do what's good by sharing the good news. A group of people this big, we can be about a million different things, but we're going to be about telling people about Jesus. Like That's why we exist. That's who we are as an organization, not just a body of people, but as a church. We exist to tell people the good news uh, about Jesus. There's lots of good things that can happen in the world. Lots of good things that people like us can do. We're going to focus on one thing. So if it happens this year, the Tour de France is going to be a thing. And as I love this, like if you look at all the different ways that people can do good in the world, this is at the top of my list because it's really weird. Okay, so you know that it's going to be hundreds of miles of bike lane, bike races, and the best way to film those is with a drone over the top of all the bikes. So you've got the cyclists running, like riding hundreds of miles through the mountains and stuff. You got the drone on that, and then that makes the street the place where you can put anything that you want. So you got a cause, you got a website, you got a hashtag, something you want, that you want to promote. What people will do is they'll go in there the night before and they'll write their thing and then they'll leave it so that the next morning when the bikes and everything go by and the drone goes by, boom, they get free advertising. Now, within that section of the population who wants to use that for good things, we all know there's another section, right? They want to use that to do whatever they want. And so they'll like, make, paint, make paintings and make pictures and make stuff like that. This shouldn't be on TV. So there's a group of people who's going to come through the night before and take all the dirty things that are put on the road and make them clean. Like who's going to put a whale on the middle of the road during the Tour de France? Probably because that whale used to be something else. Right, who's excited about a butterfly in the middle of a bike race? The people who took something else that was dirty and like, I think I can make a butterfly out of that and make a butterfly out of it. That's good. That's not the type of good that we want to be about. We're going to get tired. We're going to do our job in sharing the good news. We share good news and we back it up with our lives. So what we talked about two weeks ago for grand opening, because it's, it's only been two weeks for a part, since a party, so we need to have another one, is that this is going to be a place that testifies to four things really, really clearly. The first of those is that God loves people. You came in here carrying whatever you came in here with. You have a pulse, which means that God loves you. And this is a place where we're going to bring that out in everything that we say, think, and do. Everything gets back to that fact that you and I are loved by God, and there is not a dang thing we can do to change that. Why? Because you have a pulse. That means you're loved by God. Within all of that, just like the Tour de France paintings, okay, there's the good paintings, and then there's the paintings that need to get like turned into an elephant or something. We all have sin in our lives. We run away from God. We work hard at doing life our way, which means that after a while, we're going to do life differently than the way that God wants it to happen. And so God looks at you and me and says, okay, I'm going to do something about that because our sin has separated us from God. So part of being here, part of this place existing, what's built into the foundation of this place is that we're sinners who are separated from God, not because God says, ooh, I don't like him anymore, but because of God's in, like, unstoppable, holy love that separates us from him. And God says, that's not good enough. 
I've got to have a relationship with my people. And so God sends Jesus into the world. That's the third thing that we stand on. Jesus comes into the world, not just to be a good person, not just to live a good life, but to die to make us alive and make us right with God. That's built into who we are. That's the basis of our good news is that God loves you and me. Sin separates us from God. Jesus comes into the world to end that separation. And the fourth part about it is that we get to choose how we respond to that. We get to choose. No one's forced. God loves us enough to let us choose. And we bake that into who we are as a church. That's what we're always going to be about. And then we're going to live that out through our lives. We're going to live that out through the way that we work. That everyone we talk to, everyone we see, everyone we're near is loved by God. Everyone, including us, are sinners. We are going to let each other down. We are going to let our company down. We're going to let down the people who look up to us. Why? Because we're sinners. If you're a parent here, you realize that your kids are sinners because no one had to teach them how to say mine, right? No one had to teach them how to get out of bed when they're supposed to be going to sleep. No one had to teach them how to come into your room for the seventh time tonight, and it's only 8 p.m. Like, no one had to teach them that. And we're equally as broken as parents, right? And so we live that out as we model forgiveness, as we step into forgiveness with people and and introduce people to Jesus. We live this out with everything that we do and everything that we are. And then we get to celebrate that through baptism. You saw the big thing, big tank on the lawn as you walked in today. That's because Desiree Serta is going to get baptized. She's coming up right now, and she is going to share with us her story about what Jesus has done in her. All right. Before I asked Jesus into my heart, I felt like I was very alone in trying to deal with my own problems. Growing up Catholic, I was raised that God loves you, but he does have bigger problems to deal with. So we prayed to our saints to help us with our problems. Coming to Mountain View, I heard about how God wasn't too busy for my problems was a hard adjustment. Eventually, I came to the point in my life where I couldn't handle my problems on my own, and a friend suggested I I seek help, and she prayed for me and made sure to tell me that God loved me and wanted the best for me. This was when I realized it was true. God did care about me and my problems. One very cold morning when it was pouring rain and we were still having church outside, I raised my hand when Pastor Ken asked if there was anyone that was ready to choose Jesus. And I prayed with Anna and asked Jesus to help me with my depression and anxiety and come into my heart. Afterwards, when my family came to celebrate my decision, I knew I had made the best choice and felt like a weight had been lifted off of me. Since then, I have become more comfortable with being prayed for, and I have learned that people care about me, and having prayer is a good thing, even if it's just with a prayer usher during church that I may not know. I can feel that they care for me. I notice that not long after, that I no longer hold on to rage, past rage that I used to let dictate my life. I know it's been a process, and I haven't completely let go of all of it, but it no longer controls me. The passage in the Bible found in 1 Corinthians 13, 4 to 8, is really meaningful to me. It reads, love is patient, love is kind. It does not envy, it does not boast. It is not proud. It does not dishonor others. It is not self-seeking. It is not easily angered. It keeps no records of wrong. Love does not delight in evil, but rejoices with the truth. And always protect. it always protects, always trusts, always hopes, always preserves. 
love never fails. I chose this verse because at the Women's Winter Brunch, the speaker said if you replace the word love with God, it still rings true. It is a reminder that God never gives up on us. Today I'm getting baptized because I am ready to make the choice in my own to follow Jesus. We want to invest in seeing that happen over and over again. See it get fleshed out in marriages. See it get fleshed out in our finances. See it get fleshed out in how we raise our kids, how we handle conflict. And if you're here and somebody dragged you here because there's tri-tip here and you should be here and I've been asking you like to come for forever, you should be here. If you're here and you're not following Jesus, what I want to let you know from the very beginning, and I'll say it again in the end, is Jesus makes a difference. Because he changes the way we think, he changes the way that we see ourselves, he changes the way that we see the world. And then if we follow Jesus, he gives us the Holy Spirit, which continues all those changes from the inside of us to the outside of us. If you're here and you're not a Christian and you're surrounded by people who say they're Christians and it makes no difference in how they live because their life with Jesus looks the exact same as your life without Jesus, let me say they're doing it wrong. Because Jesus makes a difference. And as a church, our job is to spend our energy, to spend our effort, to spend our finances doing what's good by sharing the good news. Our job is also to love God with everything that we control and trust God with the rest. Like this is completely countercultural in itself because we're actually gonna hand over control of our lives to God. We're trusting that God has a plan for us that's good. We're trusting that when we suffer loss in this life, that that's not going to be the end of it. We're trusting that there's a God in heaven who sees everything, knows everything, and will one day put back together everything that's been broken. And in the meantime, if we can't do anything about it, we trust. We live open-handed, open-hearted before God, knowing that he will fight our battles for us. And that's the way that we've been as a campus. Like that, that's us, that's our DNA. So about a little bit over three years ago, uh, I was at home talking with Anna about some stuff uh, and we heard that there was a church property that was probably gonna become available soon. And it's on the corner of Kings Canyon and Bergen, so like two miles from where we were meeting. And so we got a picture. I, I drove out here one day to check out this place. And that's what it looked like. That's a bathroom now. But, but that, like, I pulled in, and I'm like, whoa, this is going to be perfect. The only thing is, is we couldn't do anything about it yet because it wasn't for sale. So we continued to do things that we had control over. Go to the next picture. We continued to have church at Sunnyside High School. No, go back to the other one continue to have church at Sunnyside High School, a theater that's too big, that's too dark, that's too whatever, but we can't control that part. We can control the fact that we're going to go in there, we're going to change as many lives as possible from inside the high school, and then as often as we can, Daniel, next picture, we're going to have church outside. It's going to be great. And Okay, so let's, <laughs> we're spoiling everything. <laughs> We're going to have church outside because sometimes we can't be at the high school. We can't control that. What we control, control is we're going to have church outside at the building, and it's going to be great. So we think at this point that we've got a few more weeks until permits are going to be cleared and construction is going to be as smooth as my head right after I shave. It's going to be perfect. 
You're laughing because none of that happens. So summer is coming and we want to make a dent in the community. We want to do summer spectacular where it's around people who live right here. So it's only going to be 108 on some of the days. We're going to do it. The grass is supposed to grow by now. The grass didn't grow. It was like hard all the time. We're going to do it because we can't control the weather. We can't control how hot it is. We can control the fact that we're going to show up with good attitudes. And we're going to do everything we can to make a difference here. And, we, and then COVID hits. You know, right around the time that we were expecting to move in, we think that by now it's going to be good. COVID hits. And once again, we can't control it. So we all shift to online, and then online ends, and we shift to main campus, uh, and we're doing church far from Sunnyside, but it's the best we can do because, once again, we can control how we act, how we respond to the place where God leads us. We control our heart in that. And then August 2nd happened. It's Sunday evening. I'm driving home. I got my friend Fred next to me, and I thought, man, Fred hasn't seen the building in a while. I should take him by the building. And so we pull in the parking lot, and there's water coming out of the lobby. And my first thought is, I'm glad that's not my fault. <laughs> and so Fred and I hop out, because we want to see what's, gonna, what's going on. Fred's 16-year-old son, Nehemiah, hops out because he thinks some people are going to throw hands. And if they're going to throw hands, three of us is much better than two of us. <laughs> OK, two and a half of us. <laughs> so we head into the building. And what's, uh, what's going on? Some people had come and they had cut some pipes because they want to sell it and they want to use that money to buy stuff. And in doing that, uh, they hit a sprinkler. And it flooded everything. We can't control that. So what do we do? We pull everything out of the bathrooms that were done. We put the bathrooms in the kids' building. We got a picture of that one. Yep, that's, uh, that's not the way that it's supposed to look. If you watched MTV movies in the 90s, you know what could happen there, but it didn't. <laughs> and we begin to make a plan that we're going to move down here as soon as possible because there are people around Southeast Fresno who need to hear about Jesus. So once again, because we're so good at picking dates as they relate to the weather, we picked the day right after the creek fire started that we're going to do church outside in Southeast Fresno. The skies are only totally brown, and it's only ridiculously hot, but September 6th, we've moved back down. And that was a big day, because once again, it's stuff that we can't control, but we can control how we respond to it. And so the next picture is us beginning to do church outside doing the best we can. We're putting together tarps that, me, that we bought as a church on Facebook Marketplace and then somehow assembled with lots of tape to make it work. And for those of you who are sweating and freezing through those services, next picture. For the most part, everything was okay. Like you could mostly see everybody who was on stage. <laughs> mostly. Once again, we can't control it. So what are we going to do? We're going to control the things that we do. We can control the things that we can. COVID was still bad. We can't control that. We can control how we're going to handle church, how we're going to lead church. And so things start to lift, and we get to move inside. That for, for three years, what we had been hoping for was finally going to happen. You can go to the next one. And all along through all this, it was stuff that we couldn't control. 
but we are trusting God in the middle of what God can control. We're doing what we can and we're trusting God with the rest. And so that's what we've learned over three years of waiting and permits and what's a sup pump and why do we have to buy one and what's $20,000 for a trash enclosure? Like why are all these things happening? It's because it's reminder after reminder after reminder after reminder that God's got things in control and we trust God with the rest. God's running this and we trust God with the rest. So we're here now. Does that mean that we're done? Absolutely not, because it's too early to end the service. We're absolutely not done. What do we invest? What does this look like? This looks like we continue to invest in our time. If you're a regular here, then then you know that we're all about not seeing this place grow by just us being happy. It's seeing this place grow by people who have no clue who Jesus is, that we are the most backwards club in the world because we exist for the 66,000 people living around this place who don't care about church, who don't care about Jesus, and don't mind the fact that they're going to hell. Like, we're excited about seeing their lives changed and seeing them meet Jesus. And so if you're a regular here, my encouragement to you is to keep coming back. Invest your time to build the family through people who are far from God. The reason that we do this is because we're trusting God that he's got a mission for every single person in this place and every single person, the 66,000 people living around here who don't know Jesus. I was meeting with a guy this week and he talked about being born into a culture where you kind of acknowledged God, but it made no difference in his life. And so he learned the stories. He learned what it was because there was a timeline that God was working where God was going to grab his heart and God was going to bring him back into a relationship with him. And so we want to be the people on the front lines who are constantly pressing into that, to seeing that timeline lived out in people's lives. We are fully out of control of when the harvest is going to pull in the crop. We are fully out of control of that. But God's not. And so we live our lives based on what we can control and trusting God for what God can control. We invest our time by showing up, by bringing people, by doing all these things. We also invest our talent. If you look around here, there are lots of kids everywhere. That's a great thing. Some of you are gifted in teaching and managing and running kids. Like I think there are two groups of people that are entirely relevant and key for what we do in kids ministry. The first one of those is high schoolers. Because you used to be those kids, high schoolers and junior hires, and now you're like them, but you're cooler. Like you go to middle school, and you can actually see the pedals at the front of the car. They're not stuck in the back, you're not stuck in the back seat like they are. You're cool. You're the type of person who can make kids' ministry happen. And the second group of people who's totally vital are teachers, because there's a very big difference. I don't know a lot about kids. I've learned a lot about kids' ministry in the last three and a half years since being here. There's an insane difference between a good person trying to run kids' ministry and a teacher who can make the craziest kid in the world cry at a second. <laughs> because you know how to do it. That's why you get paid. You can crush that soul that's hanging off the ceiling and then build them back up really quickly. You know how to do this. This is what I'm talking about. Not all of us are wired for kids' ministry, okay? Some of you are wired to stand at the the back and be a bouncer. Those are not usually the same people. (laughs) But what I'm saying is, is some of us are wired for specific things. All of us are wired for specific things. And so we invest our talent by, and, and it's our way of controlling what we can control and letting God control the rest. And the last area is our treasure. 
Jesus says, where your treasure is, there your heart will be too. That's why we feature that every week when we talk about missions moment, is this is the type of thing that we're giving towards. We're giving towards people who live around this place, come to know Jesus. One of the things that you bought if you gave back in March was a bunch of popsicles. Big deal, popsicles. So yesterday I came here because we're getting ready for today, uh, and there's a bunch of kids who are hanging out by the playground, uh, and there's, like, if you're thinking, well, there's kids there, and there's, like, they could do bad things, you know, one of them was a guy, one of them was a girl, and you're thinking that could be inappropriate, trust me, it was totally friend zone, all right? Nothing looked more friend zone than these two hanging out by the shed, uh, and so I took some of the popsicles that you had bought back in March, and I went out and gave them to them. I'm like, hey, we're having a meal tomorrow, 10 a.m. and 11.30 a.m., here's a popsicle, we're having a lot more better food, come back tomorrow. We're giving towards stuff like this every way possible to invest in people coming to know Jesus. And we do that because Jesus is clear. He says, where your treasure is, there your heart will be too. We give towards things and we wanna care about those things deeply and completely. And as we, few, as we refuse to give up, we join God's mission to proclaim the whole gospel to the whole person throughout the whole world. In the third part of the verse, he says, at just the right time, we will reap a harvest of blessing if we don't give up. Like, that's such a key verse for where we are in the world. Because if the last 365 days went exactly as you would want, you've got a really sick sense of humor, right? Let's just be honest about this. Lockdowns, unrest, Zoom school, that sounds great. Like, pray for someone. Like, we got people on the sides afterwards, we're going to pray for you today. Because that's just straight up not right. That's not okay. God said, and there's going to be times like that again. It might not be global, but it'll be personal, where the world falls apart. And God says, you can trust me with your heart. I think that's his word for us today. That's why he put this in here, is because he knew that there were going to be times in our lives where we feel like giving up. And what does God do? God flat out acknowledges it. He says, yes, that's going to happen. There's going to be times where it's not good to go home because of what's inside of you and what needs to get worked out between you and your spouse. There's times where with you and your kids, whether they're young or whether they're grown, stuff's not going to be good. Stuff at work, stuff with people who you're praying for, stuff with areas where you are investing your life. Sometimes it's not going to be good. And God says, you trust me in those. We will reap a harvest of blessing if we don't give up. God's not asking for our perfection. God's asking for our hearts. If you're here and you're not a Christian or you're a new Christian, what God wants to tell you today is that he has been from the very beginning all about doing what is not expected. The foundation of our faith was the fact that Jesus died, everybody expected him to stay dead, and he rose from the dead. The first people who were there who saw it showed up with stuff that you use for dead people. Like no one is at the, at the door of the tomb counting down five, four, three, roll back the stone. They thought he was going to be dead. And so he said, I'm going to begin my surprise work by no longer staying dead. I'm going to show them life where they expect death. And if you're here and you're just checking this Jesus thing out, what I want you to know is God is all about surprises. He's all about taking the things in our life where we think I'm always going to be addicted to that. That's always going to be a struggle. This is just who I am. And Jesus says, no, it's not going to stay that way because I'm involved now. And if you're an established Christian, that's a nice way of saying old, okay? 
Tell me, I'll use that in second service. But <laughs> you know what Jesus wants to say to us is, is you're not done. There's no retirement in my kingdom. There's no senior tour with God. Instead, it's a chance for us to lean in once again to see that God's future is as bright as God's promises, which are blinding for you and me. Amen. And he wants to continue to lead us into what's next. And he's telling us day after day, pandemic after pandemic, weird thing that happens in the world after weird thing that happens in the world, don't give up because my best for you is still coming. My hope for you is still coming. My new light that I want to shine into the darkness of your life is still coming. And we get to walk forward into that as a church. And so that's what we're going to celebrate today. We're going to eat tri-tip because it's symbolic of the fact that Jesus is leading us into something new. If you're thinking like really hard into the tri-tip and how that represents it, it doesn't, okay? But as we celebrate a new year, we're celebrating the fact that Jesus loves us and has called all of us with a pulse into mission with him. And he knows exactly where he's leading us. And it's our job, our choice, our privilege to say, okay, God, where are we going? I'm open-handed. It might not go where I expect but I'm going to do everything I can and live in every way possible where I'm saying your will be done. I'm trusting you with what I can do and leaving everything that I can't do up to you. Let's worship and respond. Let's stand.